Liveline on RT Radio 1 with the all-new Kia Sportage, built for endless inspiration. The all-new Sportage, now at your local Kia dealer. 0818 715 815 Hello, good afternoon and you're very welcome to Liveline. Over the last few days, we've received contact or had contact from 13 different members of the public in relation to a Facebook business which operates under three names. Shell's Bits, B-I-T-Z, Becca's Bits, uh, B-I-T-Z, and Savings Sales. Now, Savings Sales has since uh, ceased trading. Let's hear from some of the people who contacted us on what the issues are. Nicola Moore, good afternoon, Nicola. What's the problem? Hiya. Um, no, we just we ordered stuff off of her there on the second of January, yeah. and we just had promise after promise that there's going to be either the goods are going to come in or she's going to do um, a refund, and there's been nothing. And since we've gone on to like the scams alert page through Facebook as well, and okay. Well, so, 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 what did you buy off shelves, bits? Um, uh, Air Force One replica runners. Okay, and how much did they cost? I paid two fifteen in total. And where's your runners? I don't have any. And where's your two fifteen? <laughs> don't have that either. Okay. Now we don't. We, we it's a mystery at the moment, and I'm not, nothing else. It's just a mystery. We're trying to contact these people for, on your behalf. Shell's bits, Becca's bits, and saving sales, but saving sales have ceased trading. Uh, Lisa Campbell, Lisa. Good afternoon. Hello. Um. What What did you buy, Lisa? Um. I bought a bag last. Uh, March for 70 euro. Off which of these Facebook uh, savings companies? Savings and sales. Savings and sales? Yeah. Okay, and what happened? Where's the bag? Nowhere to be found. Where's your, <laughs> where's your money? Gone. How did you pay them? PayPal. Would you get onto PayPal? I did, but unfortunately I paid through uh, friends, so they couldn't do anything about it, and so much time had passed that they couldn't do anything about it. But I did report the email address to PayPal. And did you get onto saving sales on Facebook and what response did. did you get? I did numerous times. I'd be told it'd be two to three weeks or it'll come this time or it'll come that time. And the original bag that I ordered, she said that she uh, she could give me a different one that she had in stock and that would come quicker. And obviously nothing came and it'd just be like, oh, I'll contact you after work or I'll contact you later or whatever. But there was nothing, you know, and I was very nice at the start. Um, because I just thought that it was genuinely maybe a COVID thing. But um, mm-hmm. as time went on, it's kind of harder to be nicer to these people. Were you ever promised a refund? Yes. Yeah. When I didn't get the second the second bag that she offered, I was offered a refund. And I said, yeah, look, I'll take it. Yeah. And then it never came. So I'd ask again, did you do that? And they were like, oh, you're, 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 you're going to get refunded on Friday. You're getting refunded on Friday, which is, a lot of us seem to get the same kind of messages. Okay, and from have you any sense? I don't know how it works and selling stuff on Facebook, but have you any sense, Lisa, how busy this company would have been? They had loads of members, okay. loads of members. I was invited by another friend, and they did have good reviews, but they were old reviews, if you get me. So, and what did Saving Sales sell? They sold bags, they sold clothes, they sold shoes, they sold all sorts of stuff. You know, just kind of replica of kind of designer stuff, like you know. Okay. But they had a big range. Uh, yeah, massive, yeah. And loads and loads of members. So. And did you look at the other Facebook pages, Shell's Bits and Becca's Bits? I've since been told about them and I had a look, yeah. But I couldn't get onto them because you need to be friends with them. It's not like a business page. It's more like oh, a personal that's interesting, page, it yeah. looks like, you know. You have to be allowed on. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Well, that's mm-hmm. the way Facebook works. Christine yeah. Campbell. Christine, good afternoon. What did you buy? I bought two pairs of runners. Uh, off who? Off savings and sales. And how did you... It's called savings and sales now, is it? Yeah. Savings and sorry, I thought it was called savings sales. Savings and sales. And um, how did you come in contact with them? Um, I had been a member of the group for a long, long time and I was always a little bit wary of places like that. But they had over 20,000 members in the group and well, like the previous girl yeah. said, they had so many good reviews. I have two daughters. We're both looking for the same pair of shoes, which are very expensive. So this was my way out of getting them what they wanted, but at a cost that wouldn't kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I just got caught by her trap. Well, it's, but you got your money back. 
I did. Yes, no, it's I not did. a trap. So, so tell us, just explain yeah. how you got your money back. Um, I basically had to hound her day in, day out. Um, I was messaging her some days up to 20, 30 times a day. I'd get a message to say your refund would be sorted by this date. The date would come. I wouldn't get my refund. I'd get back onto her. She'd ignore you for a week or so. And you'd just have to keep hounding and hounding and hounding. Um, and eventually, just before Christmas, I ordered back in June. And just before Christmas, I messaged her again. And I said, look, enough is enough. And she came back with a message basically saying, send me your eye. She would continuously ask you for your IBAN. You're kind of going, I've already sent you my IBAN four or five times. You should have it. Um, And I eventually got my refund, but that was after... And did you ever talk to a human? No, no. I don't want to name now, but how do you know it's a she? Well, no, that's the thing. From what we can gather, there's two of them. There's uh, a couple. Um, now, I paid the mail, but according to what we found out, all the research we've done, mm. it's that the male and female are partnered up together. And does it look, when you go on and look at the items for sale, it looks impressive? Oh, pretty much, yeah, yeah. And they're very good replicas, yeah, yeah. But they are replicas? Yeah. But does that not mean they're illegal? Well, you would think so, yeah. Okay. And, like, if they're replicas, do people, as far as you know, Christine, do people buy lots of them and sell them on? If this is a closed group, surely if I'm in the group and I see these incredible Moria-looking bargains, I would I would buy a load of them and sell them outside the group. Do you follow me? Yeah. I've spoken to girls on, we set up a separate group completely, and I have spoken to girls who spent well over €1,500 Euro with that girl in the hopes to sell on themselves and have just been left in the lurch. But they didn't get any product? No, they didn't get any products and they're still waiting on their and refund. And to what do you credit your refund, your persistence? Yeah, pretty much, mm. yeah. But you have to be, and in the beginning, like I said, the previous girl as well, I was the same. I was trying to be as nice as possible in the beginning, giving her the benefit of the doubt. But then, like I said, after 10 or 12 times of being told, oh, well, yeah, it'll be this date, and then it doesn't come, you, you begin to lose patience, and you have to get pretty nasty with her. But have you ever spoken to her? No. Okay. Have you ever seen her? No. I've seen okay. what... But at one stage you said that you threatened to go to her house. How do you know? Oh, don't tell me now. Don't tell me where it is, but how do you know where her house <laughs> is? Um, the group that we set up, um, there was actually people who came into the group actually knew her personally and knew what she was up to. Okay. And it, but it is a closed group. This is how it operates. Yeah. You have to be invited in. Okay. Uh, Anne-Marie Monaghan, we're talking about three Facebook businesses, I suppose. Shell's Bits, Becca's Bits and Savings on Sales. Now, Savings on Sales, we're now been told has shut down. They're selling many products, uh, high-end, but as, as Christine said, they're a replica of high-end products, ba- bags, runners, you know yourself, the, the various products. Anne-Marie Monaghan, Anne-Marie. Yes. Who did you um, have dealings with? Uh, savings and sales. Okay. And how much did you spend with them? 290. And what did you buy? Um, a pair of runners for me. No, two pairs of runners for myself. A jacket for my husband and a pair of runners for my son. And what did you get? Absolutely nothing. And where's your money? Gone. <laughs> and where's your runners? Don't know. <laughs> and where's savings and sales? Um, not replying to me for months. Yeah, well, they're now gone, according to our yeah. information. Yeah. And how, how did you persist with them and did you have any response to your communication? Uh, no, I... I, I Persisted for a while and I just kept getting messages back saying um, I'll be with you shortly or I'm going to look them up when I get home from work and a few texts like that and then it just all stopped where I was in bump, bump, any any news, any updates mm. and nothing. And you told me what you spent 290 is it? Much yes. Now, but 290 for three pair of runners and a jacket for your husband and another pair of runners. Oh, there was there was a set as well, a Nike set. Okay. What's a Nike set? It was a pair of runners, um, a bottom, a top. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it was a full set. Like. But have you ever, have you looked at what price they would, how, what the price of those were, products are, real products? They were about half price, I suppose, basically, yeah. you know. So do you think they were the real deal? 
Oh, I don't know. Because I never got any of them. You don't know. You never saw any of them. <laughs> yeah. So where's your? Where do you think your two ninety is now? Well, it was sent to a, an AIB account, but that's it. And never when heard is the, another word. When is the last time you heard from the man, Marie? Um, I sent the photos into your researcher. I think it was around November last year okay. or October. I can't remember now. And Lisa, when was the last time you heard from them? Um, Lisa Campbell. Um, I, I think it was it was well before Christmas anyway. I I've sent her loads of messages as well, and mm. like like that other girl said, you know, you're sending you're sending messages, yeah. sending messages, but she never she never actually gave me a refund, and I was pretty persistent as well. But I think she just got lucky that she got her refund. Very lucky. <laughs> And Lisa, as our Anne-Marie, our Christine, we'll start with Lisa. Have you any consumer protection? Um, as far as I know, no. The best thing you could do is try and ask people, want to try and solve the mystery and ask people to hold off on buying stuff uh, often for the time being until we find out where it's gone. That's really what I want. I don't want anyone else to get scammed by her or yeah, him see, it's or not them a, or whoever. We've no, we've no evidence, Lisa, that it's a scam, so we won't use that word. It's a mystery. Yeah, it's yeah, a mystery, it um, yeah. and we're trying to solve the mystery. So we're asking anyone that's involved with Shell's bits, Becca's bits, and savings and sales, would they contact us? Not on Facebook, but on text five one double five one on the phone oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five or the email Joe at rte.ie. Now, because have any you any of you gone contacted the Gardaí? Anne Marie, no. Lisa, Christine. Yeah, I haven't. No. no. Apparently, one of our callers has contacted the Gardaí and they've told him it's a civil matter. Mm. But if someone sells you stuff and it doesn't, anyway, it warrants investigation, to say the least. Um, okay, Anne, Anne Marie, are you optimistic that you get your money back? No, no. I just don't want to see it happening to other people. Ah, okay. Lisa, are you optimistic? Um, no, no, it's been nearly a year now. But okay. I just, like I said, I don't want to Christine, what, would, what advice would you give to people who are dealing with Shell's bits, Becca's bits and savings and sales about trying to get their money back if they haven't got their products? Um, to be honest with you, Joe, I was the same before she actually texted me to tell me she was getting my refund. I had kind of accepted that I wasn't getting it, but my main aim was to make sure that nobody else fell into it. Okay. Um, but like, if the girls are saying that they've done everything I've done, she's obviously, or they have obviously just disappeared, closed down the group, and set up new groups now under new names. So okay, we we try and we try and find out. I just yeah. say, as you say, it's a mystery. Christine Campbell, Lisa Campbell, and Ramon, and thank you all. Joe at RT.ie. Live line on RTE Radio One with Kia. Discover our two to one offers at your local Kia dealer. For more, log on to Kia.com. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Back to savings and sales for a sec. Uh, Stephanie, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? How much do you, much you spend? Um, well, originally I spent 380 yeah. and I did receive some stuff. Okay. Um, um, so, and then the balance left was 290 And what did you get? Um, I got aftershaves and T-shirts. And what did you receive? That's what you bought. Oh, oh sorry. Altogether, I got tra- tractor runners, aftershaves and T-shirts. And I received the aftershaves and T-shirts and I didn't receive the other things. So how much do you reckon you're owed back? 290 And have you tried? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And? Oh, um, that, that I would get the refund and that the refund has been sent. And it takes one to three days to go through the bank, and then sorry, there's something wrong with the bank. And so, when is the last time you had communication from savings and sales? Um, October 2021. Okay. Do you think you're going to get your money back? No, no. And how did you find out about them, Stephanie? Um, just a Facebook page. Um, I just saw their Facebook page. And I just said I'd get some stuff. From but my you have to you have to apply for them to accept you as a friend or whatever yeah. the phrase is. Yeah. yeah. And you, you did that, and they accepted you pretty quickly. They did. Okay. Uh, Tracy Morphy is in Kildare. Tracy, savings and sales. How much did you spend? 
But thank God now I was one of the lucky ones. I was only 77 euro. There are oh. people out here that have thousands. How do you know, Tracy? I know a few people now because one of my friends ordered and that's how I got in contact with them. I want and her, order, her order was over 1,000. Was over what? Sorry, Tracy. Over 1,200 for the wow. amount of items she got. Now, Tracy, would people be embarrassed that they spent so much money? On a Facebook well, I know, shop. I know that, personally, mine was only 77 euro, but then, yeah, I'm quite embarrassed that I allowed myself. But, to, but would people not be embarrassed? It's just, this is what they're relying on, that people won't speak out because they're, they feel that they made a mistake in giving 1,200 quid to a Facebook page. See, nowadays, is everyone's selling stuff on Facebook. Now, oh, okay. Facebook even have their selling their, sell their stuff site. But do you so have a, but do you have any market. but do you have any comeback? No, I actually contacted PayPal trying to get a refund and wasn't able, same as the previous girl. Yeah, because why why do PayPal say you don't have a refund? Um it was past the amount of days and I also clicked family and friends. Hmm. So it was Well I my yeah. pay, my yeah. order now last April. And the last contact I had with her was November, just gone. Right. And you want to warn other people, but you have heard of people who have been stung very, very badly so far. Yeah, I have, yeah. But I've also know a few people that got a refund. So that's why, in a way, I was allowing myself to be kind of strung along for a while, yeah. hoping but that I'd get my refund. But you've got neither, no product, no refund. No. And the and, last uh, contact was the... 12th of November. And then the um, the people, the friends, you know, or acquaintances, you know, spent 1,200 quid. Have they got a refund or product? No. Oh, gosh. So it's, it's, it's all adding up, looking at the calls here, more to come. It's all adding up to a significant amount of money that people are looking to be well, refunded. There's a few people on the Facebook page now that we're all members of that was trying to tally up and we got okay. every, everyone to kind of say how much to... Yeah. Their value was, and it's up in the twenty thousand. Wow! Wow! Okay. So our my main objective now is not even about that money anymore, and it's just about the principle and to try to put a stop and make people aware. Now okay. we know the money's gone; we're not going to get it, but just to spread awareness. And and, and why? But these these people they don't have a shop anywhere, do they? No, not that I'm aware of. No. No. Okay. And if you, Tracy, I don't want you to... Have you managed to find out where these people are located? I have through the Facebook group. Okay. Because I know some people that went to the house and when they went to the house, they got the refund. But I don't think you should have to go that far. Oh, no. Well, you shouldn't have to. No. They went to their house and got a refund. Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, they managed, managed... Is the address easy to find? Well, it is now because it's up on. It's actually on the Facebook group. Oh, is it? Some members have actually posted it, which I, in a way, personally, I don't agree with. Well, well, the the only reason you should have the address is if you're willing to pass it on to the guardie and ask them to investigate. With no presumption of guilt, obviously, but ask them to investigate where it's the twenty grand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, Stephanie and uh, Tracy, thanks. Uh, thanks indeed. Michael O'Sullivan, a quick one from Michael O'Sullivan, the, the legendary Michael O'Sullivan from Stony Battle in Dublin. What happened, Vahil? What happened? What happened? Um, well, I went to the cinema. Yeah. And uh, just incidentally, while I was outside waiting to go into the cinema, I was on my phone. And I noticed three young, t- you know, young teenagers yeah. passing me by. And in my mind, I was thinking, I wonder why they went in school, because it was about two o'clock in the afternoon. So I went into the cinema and uh, was sitting down. I'm always early, so I was sitting there waiting for the lights to come on and on my own, the place was empty. And um, I normally sit just behind where the wheelchair people sit. Okay. So there's no one really going to be in front of me. And I was looking at my phone and it was, it was dull inside the cinema. And suddenly there was somebody in front of me and said, excuse me. And I said, what? And I, I just leaned forward. He was standing right in front of me. And I leaned forward and said, sorry. Mm. He says, what film is this? And I said, sorry. And then I noticed that it was one of the little lads who I saw outside. Okay. So I looked to my left, and in my same row, at my elbow, 
was the second guy. Wow. So then the t- I just turned around and behind me was the third guy with his hand raised. No, I didn't know what they were going. So I was just fortunate. I jumped to my right mm-hmm. and stood up and I just roared at the top of my voice, get that out yeah. of here. And the three of them ran. Now I went out after them, but they disappeared. And I said to the guys, you know, what had happened. Yeah. And they said, we'll go and try and find them. So I went back in and sat and watched the cinema, watched the film and came back out and spoke to one of the attendants there. And I said, what happened? And they said, those three guys are always in here. Yeah, but what, what are they doing? I don't know what they're doing, but at this stage, it looks like they were going to attack me. Because of the position I was put in, one in front of me, one to my left and one directly behind me. with That is is frightening. But did they see your mobile phone? I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm sitting there kind of in semi-darkness because the, the, the screen you... is a little bit bright okay, but, but I'm waiting for the film to come on so I'm okay. just looking at my phone yeah, so, so they, my eyes so were they downcast might have seen, I understand that so they might have seen Michael that you had a phone do you think they were trying to rob your phone? well I don't know what they were doing what was the guy doing behind me with his arms raised I didn't know what was That's anything so in his hand did you get a fright? It could have been something in his hand you know did you get a fright? now I'm, I'm reasonably fit so I jumped to the right but if that had been a, an, a person who was less firm than me, you know, an infirm person, or a, but how were they able? You said it to the to the. I take what that happens point. is, but how did they I get suppose, into the cinema? Because what happens is it's quite open. Yeah, there's a kind of a something, a little place you could play there as well. But what the lad said was that when they are getting a delivery in, in they go and get the delivery, and that's when they come in. They, and, they so, just, so they, and they're in here all the time. So they sneak in. They sneak in, but for, and they look sometimes. They just run in. Surely there's a CCTV, obviously not in the cinema, but in the yeah, um, but outside in, there would be, yeah. yeah. But this is a regular thing, a regular thing with these lads. Now I went to the guards and told them, you yeah, know, did you fair play? But did the staff in the cinema say, "Oh, yeah, they rob money or they intimidate no, people"? No, they or... haven't said anything. Well, they didn't say anything about anything. They just said this is a regular occurrence. Okay, and we did. It you, happens all the time. Okay, that you, they went, come you, in. you went back in and. Well, I was fortunate that I, I... The film was just about to start. So what was the movie? It's called The 355. Oh, yeah, that's a, a new a, film. A, kind of a group yeah, of women, yeah. is there something that are... Yeah, very, very good. Is it good? Yeah, okay. So 355, but there was three gurriers there. Yeah. Trying to give you and a high five. They weren't giving you a high five. The reason I mentioned about seeing them outside was because when I would lean forward... I know I, rec- I just knew the face because I'd seen him outside. So I knew yeah, there was three okay. of them. So that's why I was able to spot to my left and your mum was on my shoulder. And then no yeah. one gives a tour. I just looked behind me and the, he had his arms raised. I don't know what, I didn't know. It could have been something in his hand. And I just dived to my right and then stood up. But my fear is what happens if that's an elderly yeah. woman or uh, someone. Well, you, were on, you, you were on your own, Michael. I was on my own there. So they may go in and act the maggot and run around, but if they're going to attack people, especially somebody infirm, mm. you know, and why aren't they at school? Okay. By the way, Michael, am I right in thinking, is, are we near, is it around Matt's anniversary? It was Matt's anniversary on the 14th. Of January. Of January, yeah. We had a nice little yeah. service outside. Okay, so uh, long, long as, as long as Matt does. Two years. Oh, God. I still um, remember. He still remember around here. So I had a little service outside Moose in Stony Batter. Um, I brought down his photograph and I brought down his little uh, the little thing of ashes. And I sat there for the day and people about forty people came along throughout the day. I'd invited people well along done, to get well a cup done. of coffee. You were great, and even well, even before Matt died, the two of you were were very obliging to people. You know, you were obliging to the world's media because the two of you, as people remember, uh, Matt uh, revealed on Liveline, he rang in about something else, I think, but he, reve- right, yeah. he, he revealed on Liveline that himself and yourself were going to get married. You were buddies, and that was it, but you were going to get married for tax purposes, which was totally and uh, absolutely legal and above above board. Um, yeah. Have you, uh, The media still don't come and ask you, uh, tell the story, do they, Michael? Well, I did get a call from a newspaper, yeah. Today, so yesterday evening, you know, so there was a little bit of interest, but the documentary was fantastic. I just want to say, yeah, 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 Donald Maloney, and it was fantastic. But uh, Matt was a very, I know you are as well, but he was a very unique man, wasn't he? Oh, for sure, for sure. 
a and gentleman, we, as I say. Where was he? I'm trying to remember in my head now the funeral. Wasn't he from Tipperary or somewhere? Where was he from? He's from Cashel, just outside Cashel, Cashel okay, in Tipperary. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and he, he worked as a butler uh, in one of the big houses down there for many. He was thirteen until he was in his early thirties. Yeah. You know. Incredible. And then so. he came to Dublin. And again, he was in service in Dublin for a couple of years with one person, a couple of years with another person. Okay. And then eventually he went into Aircom. And where is he buried? He's buried um, in two locations. He had specific uh, okay. instructions. He wanted half his, his ashes to be scattered at his old, the old lodge at the house where he used to, where he was born. Oh. And we did that. And then we buried him in a small little, unfortunately abandoned um, uh, graveyard in the middle of uh, the countryside, outside Cashel, about five miles. So we did that as well. Oh, okay. God rest yeah. him anyway. We didn't, how, it only happened last July. And how are you? Birthday. How are you doing? No, I'm great. I have to say, touch wood, I'm great. Oh, okay. I'm um, very well, thank you. You're still in good fettle, and you were you 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 gave people a lift, especially in the to- in the Stony Batter area of Dublin. The two of you were a tonic. An absolute tonic, and God, God rest, Matt. I didn't. I knew it was around this time, but I didn't know it was so close. The second anniversary, Michael O'Sullivan. Michael, uh, you mind yourself when we keep in touch. We'll try much. and find out what those three gorriers were, were up to at the movie three five five. Joe at RT.E. five one double five one. Liveline on RTE Radio One with the all new Kia Sportage, built for endless inspiration. For more, log on to kia.com. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. The first signature on the uh, proclamation 1916, 106 years ago, is Thomas Clark. Um, and, uh, well, indeed, it's it's argued that he was the, the original, so to speak, um, leader of the um, the first president, in effect, of the Irish Republic, even though most people would think it was Powerick Pierce, but that's another day's uh, coddle. Martin Mooney. Martin, good afternoon. Afternoon, Joe. You, you contacted us. Why? It's the grave of the family. Obviously, obviously, Thomas Clark is buried in Arbor Hill, yeah. but it's the grave of the family of Thomas Clark. The family, Joe, correct. Unmarked grave. Joe, this grave was brought to my attention by Andrew Woods, who lives nearby in Glasnevin. Andrew mm. is, is a Clark enthusiast and he identified the family okay. uh, to me. We obtained the coordinates and off we went. And there we mm-hmm. go. Lo and behold, Mary Clark from County Tipperary, James, an English soldier, married in 1857 from County Leitrim. They got married in Clonmel. And also in that grave is Hannah Clark. Hannah died in 1950. Uh, what's, 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 for me, what's important is that the role that Mary Clark and Hannah Clark played in, in the, uh, as Tom Clark was incarcerated mm. for 15 years oh, in what he describes as a living hell. Yeah. Uh, Mary wrote to Maud Gone uh, in 1995, thanking her for the financial support, thanking her for the campaign. Uh, to have Irish prisoners released from English jails. Hannah wrote to Amnesty uh, in 1896, Hannah mm-hmm. was 28 at the time, and she says uh, regarding poor Tom's condition, I'll quote from the book Tom Clark, Life, Liberty, Revolution. She said how deeply grieved and shocked it was to find such a terrible alteration for the worst in his appearance and his health. is little short of being a complete wreck, tale. Mm-hmm. emaciated and generally broken. So Mary Clark, uh, she was 60, in her 60s when she wrote the Mars Gone in 1895. Mm-hmm. Hannah was 28. James would have died, James died in 1894. As a result, uh, Hannah lost the military pension, so poverty ensued. Mary, Mary's health failed. She broke down with the, um, the, the incarceration of her son. The conditions, as she said, the maddening silence, uh, sleep deprivation intellectual mm-hmm. deprivation. So really, the, I feel that the Clark family need to be remembered in Glasnevin, Joe. And so it's an unmarked grave, but where, where is it in Glasnevin? Uh, it's down past, as far as I know, the Saint, I think it's the St. Bridget section. So it's on, it's on the main, there's there's St. Paul's over the far side of the road. Yes. By the likes no, of Luke it's Kelly in the main section, Joe. Okay. It's down there, I'll tell you more or less, up in the Violet Hill direction, at the back of the cemetery. Okay. And uh, what's, uh, I know it's an obvious answer, but the, you've, you've actually found the location. Yes. And is there any marking there, any flowers Nothing even? there, Joe. Uh, Andrew Wood's done the search himself. 
Higgs stone. Right. You can obtain the coordinates and also with the help of, of Glasnam Genealogy, the more than helpful. Basically, Andrew came along with the coordinates, both of us. And are the graves uh, either side, are they marked? Uh, there's a grave behind that's marked. There's, there's several graves around that location, so you can you can kind of chop and change and get your. Uh, it's marked longitudinal mm. and latitudinal with, with letters and numbers. So so that's how you get your mark. They merge together okay. to get the exact location. Now, who owns the grave? Uh, I I don't know. I suspect the Clark family might own it. But there's another thing in that. There's a young child in there as well. I haven't got the details of that mm. young child. Uh, I suspect it's a Clark family grave. Definitely, uh, Glass and Evan genealogy will definitely help me out on that one to confirm that. Yeah, they've, they've, uh, they've, but but is is there any? Do we know any descendants of the family of Thomas Clark in Ireland, alive? Well, not even in Ireland, but alive. Joe, so as far as I know, Andrew Woods was in contact with a descendant of the Clark family. Uh, notified that person. I haven't been in touch. I'm not aware of, of anybody. I'm on to your station today, Joe, just to highlight that once again, a non-mark grave that needs to be recognised. Considering, if I, if I might say, Joe, uh, Michael Collins was assassinated in 1922. Okay. Uh, one month before his assassination, uh, Mary passed away in 1922. Now that we're coming to the centenary of Michael Collins, would it be nice if we could just pencil in or do mm. a little marker for the... Um, the Clark family. It's just a little commemoration there, you see. And of course, the only place in Glass 7 where Thomas Clark is remembered is on the wall. The, on the, the wall. On the necrology wall. Which is which is which was attacked by, a, we don't know who attacked it. That's but. correct. It's on the necrology wall and there's a lovely little outside the tower yeah, cafe. But the, but, the, but the necrology wall has been, has been covered with plastic yeah. sacking for five years But there's a now. nice market show Elsha the Tower Cafe there in Glass and Evan. There's mm. lovely little lovely little pictures metal I think they are not sure yeah, but there's a lovely the, little of the, uh, yeah. of the signatories there and Joe if I might, might say so yeah. all the signatories in Glass and Evan family members are marked graves so it would be nice to get that Oh are they? Okay, yes. okay now that's interesting you're saying the, the, the families of the other signatories Yeah are all are all uh, any of them that are buried in Glasnevin? Five is Mark. Paul Pierce's family: James Connolly's wife, three daughters and son, and yeah. Kant's parents, siblings: Joseph Plunkett's wife, Grace Gifford, um, and his parents: Thomas McDonough's uh, Muriel Gifford is buried there with with okay. um, her daughter Barbara, Sean Houston, and John McBride's wife, and Michael O'Hanahan's uh, parents and siblings. So. Yeah, why is there any, any relations of Parry Pierce buried in Glasnevin? I wonder. Yeah, well, James James Pierce and Margaret is buried there, oh, and, and, and their siblings. Okay. James okay. died in nineteen hundred. Margaret died in nineteen forty-two. Now, but is it one, one? Now, I know, I I know, in one sense, especially his mother Mary, uh, she suffered greatly because of uh, Thomas Clark's activism, um, and he was in prison and. and um, was so they deserved. She definitely deserved. But but Hannah, which was Hannah involved as well with Tom in terms of trying to keep him going? Or well, I tell you two two roles. Hannah, when 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 Tom was was released in eighteen ninety eight, he lived. He appeared up in Kilmainham where they lived, and it just says that Mary and Hannah nursed him back to health. He was emaciated, okay. a broken man. That's what we would call Joe skin and bone, basically. Yeah, no, no. And as I said previously, Hannah wrote to Amnesty in eighteen ninety six. She, she also, the, you know, the, the house on 55 Amy Street that the City Council, I believe, procured. Um, mm. She actually walked, I, don't, I know Madge Daly would have financed that house, but Hannah, Hannah, Day, Hannah Clark and, and Tom, he came back from the States in, in, 18, in 1907. And mm. uh, he went off in 1899, 1900. Came back seven years later, uh, unemployed, basically. So Hannah was a tobacconist. So it just says that Hannah and Tom walked the streets of Dublin looking for apprentices to give Tom the funds from work, you see. And then he had, shop, a, he had a shop down in Parnell Street or Connell Street. Parnell Street, Street 75, eh, Parnell Street. there's a plaque yeah. there, yeah. And then there's the Tom, there was a tower in Ballymun, that's now gone, Thomas Clark Tower. Thomas Clark Dun- Tower. Clark Railway yeah. Station in Dundalk, the Clark, yeah. the, the Tom Clark Bridge is the, which is some irony, given Tom Clark's sacrifice. Uh, the Tom Clark Bridge is the East Link uh, 
toll bridge in Dublin where people pay extortionate amounts of money to sit sit in traffic jams for an hour. Um, uh, he's uh, he was on postage stamps, as you know. There's GA clubs called after him, especially in Tyrone, where he's yeah. from. And of course, there's Clark Square in the wonderful Collins Barracks Museum now in in uh, Dublin. But is one of the, is one of the issues not Martin that there are so many people associated, or indeed who were killed in the Easter Rising, who were, uh, who were not in Mark Graves. I'm thinking of the 54 women who were killed and the civilian women. I'm thinking so, of... 285, I believe, on the necrology wall, basically. Yeah. Now, some are in Mark Graves, some are in Mark Graves. But that's a very good point to make because that's the only spot in the that's wide America. earthly world where those civilians... Including, including your kids in the book, Joe, well, yeah, Wally Scott, yeah, uh, uh, July yeah, 1916. Yeah, but th- that's the only place where they're... Now, some of them have Mark Graves, I accept that. Some Most have. of them don't. But the oh only place God. where their names are actually there, and their names are there with Tom Clark and Parig Pierce. And the and, um, yeah. and unfortunately, because someone decided, I don't know, some political party or whatever, didn't disagree, or disagreed with... Um, we don't know who did it, in fairness. Disagreed with British soldiers who were killed in 1916. Most of them were from Dublin. Most of them were from Ireland anyway, because yeah. you couldn't join any other uh, army, so to speak. Uh, they objected to their names being on the same wall as Parley Pierce, which is... Poor um, Michael Le Hiff, he was the fourth of 24th of April. That's right, that's right, that's yeah, right. That's right. Okay, so Martin, if we find the Clark family, who, it, like, we can't presume that people are able to afford a headstone. So just the campaign, look, it's, it's 2022. We're looking at July, looking at August for Michael Collins. That'll be a big day, yeah. Yeah, so look, if, if anybody wants to say, look, I'm interested in, in republicanism or just... But do, we not, but do we not have to find some of the Clark family to get permission? I'm going to get on to... Uh, uh, Andrew Woods, he's been in contact. Oh, okay. Andrew Woods, he has. Uh, well, it's a shout, a we'll shout out now. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly. I'm thinking of Clark Shoes, but they're gone. That was a different spelling. I think of Clark's Bakery, that fantastic bakery in in uh, Fisborough Stroke Cabra there. Yeah. Um, I just wonder, is there, are there any descendants of Thomas Clark's family, or indeed Thomas Clark himself? Um, in Ireland, and can they contact us? And we can see see with Martin. You're 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 now on a a a a, a campaign to get the headstones erected, which I think is a great campaign. It really is as part of our history, and people should be should be remembered. Okay, Martin. Good evening, Mahogut. Good evening, Mahogut. Thanks indeed. That's Martin Mooney. Joe at RT.ie. Live line on RTE Radio One with Kia. Discover our two to one offers at your local Kia dealer. For more, log on to kia.com. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 Back to the one for all vouchers. As we know, they are Irish, but we discovered yesterday uh, they're a big, big company now. They're owned by a multinational. They were owned by uh, an individual. Michael Dawson came up with the idea. Uh, then on post bought in in 2007, I think, and then on post. And Michael sold out about four, sold legitimately four years ago for a hundred million. Um, but there's some provisions in the one for all vouchers that people one are saying they don't they don't know about, and two that they're annoyed about. And the main thing we discovered yesterday, apart from after a year a black hole opens in your card and and one fifty disappears every month thereafter. Um, and uh, also um, we discovered that the one for all card, which is the exact same product in the UK. Um, it's 18 months before the black hole opens and they don't take 150, they take equivalent of a euro. So we, we are, we, we've a shorter time before the black hole opens and when the black hole opens, we pay 50% more. Rhoda Draper, Rhoda, good afternoon. You there, Rhoda? Yeah. Yeah, what, what, what happened? Tell us your experience. Well, I didn't know. Uh, I thought that you'd covered the whole thing years ago and, and it oh, was successfully did. resolved. Uh, not and at all. Are you all joking me? lasted for five years. And well, you see, well the, well, the campaign, well, people are on about gift cards all the time and... and but the the campaign was, people used to, the companies used to put expiry dates like six months and mm. 12 months. And two years on a gift card. Oh, I know. I lost two vouchers yeah. that way. Well, well the, argument, <laughs> the argument on Liveline was, it's the most logical argument ever made, was that they, there should be no expiry date because there's no expiry date on the cash that you handed over. Exactly. However, the government uh, once again wilted 
And what they said was, this is the actual wording of the legislation. It said there shall be no expiry date on a gift voucher. But if there is an expiry date, it should be no less than five years. So in other words, everyone now says five years. Nobody, I've yet to come across any company who's saying there's no expiry date on your cash, therefore there's no expiry date on your gift card. However, it's five years, which is better than six months, I suppose. You were given a one-for-all gift voucher on your birthday. Yes, it was for €100. Euro and I, at the time, we were all locked in and cocooned and God knows what, and you couldn't get near a garden centre. And I wanted to buy a plant, you know, because any time anyone gives me a plant or I buy a plant with a voucher that they get, I remember the person every time I pass it. Okay, so, yes, of course. Yeah, so I think it's sort of nice to have a plant yeah. to, to remember the donor by. Okay. So anyway, I went out to the garden centre. They didn't have the particular one. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll get it later. And I went back again. They still didn't have it. And when I heard your program yesterday, mm-hmm. hearing that uh, somebody had virtually lost all their voucher, yeah. I decided to look up the value of mine. And uh, the first one, the 100 euro voucher, had gone down to 89.85. And the uh, I had another one, a MeTU voucher for 20 euro, and that had gone down to 18.60. Mm-hmm. So the thing is that when when I get something like that, it comes stuck to a backing. And the expiry date in the first one was um, 11.24, and the expiry date on the 20-euro one was um, uh, 10.25. Okay. So I thought I was away, you know, that it was all, all okay. And um, then um, I you know, discovered that the other one was 1860. So that's all since COVID. Okay, and by the way, is, is me to you, they have the same, they they open the same a black hole similar to One For All, do they? Yeah, after, yeah, I, I'd never heard of them before. But and as soon, a, as soon after you get the voucher, does the black hole open? <laughs> uh, I think you might get a year, but I, did, yeah. I didn't check that. Um, I didn't know there's another company called Me To You who have the... And it's, it's totally above board, by the way. Totally above board. I'm but sure anyway, it is, but you people, see, the thing people, is stuck, did it's you stuck hear, to did, a backing and, uh, the, uh, okay. and the expiry date's on the front of the card. And, you know, and unless you're very suspicious, it's unlikely that you'd take the card off its backing to, to see what's written on the back. Oh, so it's, it's honest. It's, is it... Not deliberately, obviously, but is it hidden on the back? Well, no, no. It's just stuck with one of those kind of sticky. Oh, yeah, still kind of card. I know what you. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Now, did you hear yesterday? Because it came as a total revelation to me that if you go, if you have gone in, which are eighty euro when it was eighty euro, or sorry, a hundred euro, yeah. when it, like the day after you got it, and if you bought something in Arnott's or whatever that takes one for Easton's or whatever, that if you bought a hundred euros worth of books in Easton's, that Easton's only get ninety quid. An amazement to me yesterday too, because you know if it's a smaller um, outfit and they happen to this garden centre, so oh, yes, we'll take it. But they're not listed. Uh, I went online to look in for the one for all to see who was listed on it, and they weren't. Mm-hmm. But they said they'd take it anyway. But if they lose ten percent of it, you'd be very loath to put them in that position. And did you know, if you went to on post, who used to own one for a well, they owned a significant amount of it and made, made rightly, it was a great commercial deal from their point of view, uh, which is well done. They they sold it with the original owner for 100 million. Um, that you can, <laughs> when you buy a one for all voucher in the post office, where it's heavily advertised, it's the only product really that is advertised in the post office, that you're charged two euro for extra for buying it and if you turned around and said, oh, actually, can I, I was given a one-for-all voucher, can I buy stamps? Um, the post offices don't take one-for-all vouchers. No, well, we know why now, don't we? <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah. So, so true. obviously, if because you're going if to they give somebody t- if they a present, them, you'd be better off giving yeah, them a postal order because they can't take the money off that. Or in the, in the new world we live in, make a transfer between, somebody mentioned yesterday on the screen, Revolut. Just, Revolut, yeah. Just send money from one Revolut card to another, and I'm sure there'll be more products of that kind coming out, and you, you're not charged a penny. No. Okay, but there is something nice about getting a card, isn't it? A gift card. Yeah. 
tactile and colourful. Yeah, but the thing is that I, I'm very bad. You know, I, I really feel I have to wait until I see the exact thing. Yeah, now, I, I suggest, Rhoda, if you have, when you, you have loads of energy there, I suggest you try and contact one for all because they told us yesterday, OK, the, the black hole policy stays in place, but because of the black hole that was the pandemic and people couldn't get out, anyone who raises issues... Of, of money disappearing, not disappearing, but the charges yeah. that they advertise uh, being being uh, charged during the pandemic. That they seems that they because of the pandemic they will allow give you the money back. Yes, well, I was tempted. Now to, I don't know whether you have, don't know whether you can I, take I, a week out of your their life. Line would have been totally jammed solid with everybody yeah, else. I was going to say that I don't know whether you have a week reason. out of your life to sit in the end of a phone saying, "Please hold, uh, you are number seventy two in the queue." And, <laughs> uh, you know that. Okay, Rhoda, are you glad that the, the restrictions are lifted, Rhoda, this weekend? Well, um, it won't make any difference. Why? To me at all. I'm still, uh, I still wouldn't take public transport now that it's full. Wow. Would you not? You know, full seating. Would you, uh, do, and uh, do you mind me asking, do you have to free travel? Of course. God, I'm 81 and a half. Oh, great. I'm 81, well done. Um, and you won't use the free travel? Well, I would have certainly up to up to COVID and I had to any time I had to get yeah. the car repaired That's because great. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, the, but the buses were almost empty I don't know how they kept going but there were yeah, you know, know you could sit up in the front and there wasn't anybody near you but now they're full so I wouldn't you wouldn't get back on and people wear their masks or half under their noses and I find yeah. that very distasteful well, is, there any, is there any other thing you've, you started doing during the pandemic that you won't change in other words, I was talking to a barber this morning and he was telling me that during the pandemic they went online. You had to book your, your haircut, so to speak. Yeah. I'm sure it's the same for hairdressers. He mm-hmm. said he's not going back. That's, that's the system from now on, which is great, he said. Oh, I see. No, I just wonder I, if people, my, the people my discover... Once hairdresser was yeah. open, I, uh, I went back, because, but I, I then washed my own hair to cut down one, one other contact. So. Okay. So I just got the cut. And how did you manage during the lockdown? You... Uh, well, the lo- lockdown, I just did my own. I, I, I'm, I'm devil for getting a pair of scissors and just chopping bits off. Well, you cut your own hair? Yeah. How did that work out? Oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> but you look in the mirror and off you go. Yeah. And would you, would you let an amateur cut your hair? No. And are you a professional? No. So an amateur was cutting your hair. Well, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> but as the amateur you knew. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the amateur you you trust. But how did what well, is it? But see, how I, did I you cut, manage? I cut my husband's hair because he won't go to a barber, so I couldn't get him to. Okay. And and how did you manage during the lockdown? Um, to what? How did you manage shopping and oh, seeing well, relatives? Initially, or, some yeah. people were very kind. Um, and did shopping for me. And as soon as I found that you actually could go and do your own shopping, okay. I did. And I eventually got um, a delivery from Tesco's, but that took a long time. Okay, but you're but, saying there are some habits that were f- that were forced on us during the pandemic that you will keep up, like not not going on public transport because of the. No, I do. I mean, I I. I have breakfast in town every Saturday morning oh, at well used done. good uh, at eight o'clock, but now they don't open till nine. I okay. still do that, but if the table next door was filled by a young family, I'd be off like a rocket. Would you? And you go to the same place every Saturday. Yep. And how long have you been having breakfast in, in Dublin on on a Saturday? Oh God, I I've no idea. It must be could be twenty years. Oh well done. Fifteen. And do, you, and do you meet the same people? Well, funnily enough, I made quite a good friend through that. She was sitting at one table and I was sitting at another. And uh, we eventually kind of got talking. And, uh-huh. and now we meet there and sit at the same table. Isn't that fantastic? And do you go to the same restaurant? Yeah. Okay. And you sit at the same table? For 20 years every Saturday morning. Ah, oh, no, no, no. I changed okay. the table. Um, oh, sorry. That was a big... I saw that in the paper that Rhoda yes, actually... They, that was on the front page of the evening. I heard Rhoda has changed her table on a Saturday morning. <laughs> big, big shock horror. It was. <laughs> Rhoda's moved two spaces because you met a new friend. Well, that is a fantastic thing to do, Rhoda. 
Absolutely. I just think it's great routine. And is it what side? Uh, don't don't tempt me to restaurant because then you'll have all the autograph hunters in looking for you tomorrow. <laughs> um, what what side of the city is it on? Oh, it's um, it's uh, south side, south side. South side, okay. And can you sit outside on the south side? You could, and I did when I uh, you did, when, right. when there was only outside. <laughs> so if you if you land in in the morning, yes, for your breakfast that you've been having in the same spot for twenty years, um, and there is a family at the next table, you're gone. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And but say you've ordered your. Your two sausages, two black pudding, two white pudding, and, and your still jumbo. Gone. Okay, what do you have for your breakfast? I've been locked down oh for years. God, to ask it that depends. Question. Sometimes what I you have for scrambled your bre- eggs. Yeah. Oh, they have they have marvelous breakfasts. Um, oh, well done. You know, scrambled eggs with something they could have wild mushrooms or oh. or crispy bacon has to be crispy. Uh, of course, yeah. Uh, or um, sometimes it's just toast and coffee. Okay. Very good coffee. And has your restaurant, your restaurant has survived the pandemic? Beg your pardon? The restaurant that you eat in or the cafe has survived the pandemic. It has. Isn't that but, great? But um, just before the pandemic, a lot of their, their other branches closed. Oh, so did they? They're the only one left. So it's beauties, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would mention it, but... Uh, yeah, do mention it, yeah. It's, it's Carluccio's. Oh, Carluccio's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a wonderful little spot there in the corner yeah. of, of uh, Dawson Street and is it South Ann Street or Duke, Duke Street? Duke I think. Street, Duke yeah. Street. And, and you can sit outside there and watch the world go by. You could, yeah. And isn't Dawson Street such a beautiful street since the cars fundamentally disappeared and it's just mm-hmm. it's just a gentle tolling bell of the Lewis going up and down <laughs> and, and the cyclists getting caught in the tracks of Varsity. <laughs> yeah, all um, of that. That's a lovely spot. Oh, that's a lovely part. And then you've that incredible bookshop, second-hand bookshop, mm-hmm. just up from you there. Ulysses Bookshop, isn't it? Rare books. Oh, yes, that's, an, yes, spend, that's in, you, in, in Duke Street. But yeah, I'm it's beautiful. kind of you, laughing to myself about vouchers because I had vouchers in old money yeah. that um, that I discovered and Hodges Figures actually cashed them for me. Well done. And you've Hodges Figures up the road, a wonderful yeah. shop. And then you've Dubray Books around the Grafton yeah. Street. Then you've all the little private art galleries in South Frederick Street and Molesworth Street. They're always worth worth a look. Mm-hmm. And then you've the Bailey, the Duke, um, Davy Bournes, Kyo's. Yeah. So what time do you get home at? Do you ever go home, Rhoda? Oh, I do. Yeah, you see, <laughs> my, um, my parking ticket, I, I try to park yeah. on the street and there's very little space that you yeah, can know that there, park yeah. in uh, now that I'm um, scared of buses. Um, to, I get three hours. Uh, in fact, oh, okay. I only get two hours now because the restaurant doesn't open till nine. They choose to open at eight. Okay. But do you still go into town at eight? I go in at half eight just to make oh, sure okay. I get the parking space. And would you, I don't know what, what how else you relax in town. Do you, would you walk around, I don't know what religion you are, if any, do, would you walk around to, to the gorgeous Clarendon Street Church? Yeah. Um, you have that, and then you have St Anne's Church. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, St Anne's I don't think opens, but I'm very well used to St Anne's from singing in cantatas okay. in, oh, well in the 70s and early 80s. Beautiful. What did you perform, the Messiah? No, no, um, <laughs> there was a series... John Beckett, who was my music teacher at the time, uh, ran mm. a series of Bach cantatas oh, for 10 beautiful. years. Oh, my God, beautiful. 70s to 83. Yeah. And, uh, and then Lindsay Armstrong took it up okay. and uh, it started off again. So we did some of those. Well, we had a book on just, we had a book on our self-published books uh, just before Christmas. I called it A Dublin Flaneur. Would you be familiar with that phrase, Rhoda? No. It's a Parisian phrase, a French phrase. It's someone who perambulates around Dublin, just enjoy, or any city, the flaneur, just enjoying all the literary sites, the artistic sites, the history. And um, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great, and he, he, I'd see if we still have it upstairs, if I do, I'd send it to you. But it's just all those hidden gems in the, in, in the capital. So, Rhoda, enjoy your, whatever you decide to have tomorrow morning, <laughs> Carluccio's. And, uh, I hope the weather keeps fine for you. Oh, sure it will. It okay. doesn't show any signs of deteriorating for another week anyway. No, great. And uh, is it just yourself and your hubby in the house? Oh, well, he... Uh, well, that's a long story. Um, okay. 
Okay. That's for another day. Ah, okay. But he, but you're still cutting his hair. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Rhoda Draper, your tonic, and um, what, what, what did you ring in about? It was vouchers. Oh yeah, I forgot that. I forgot that. And there's a secret book and record store. Oh, that's a great part of the city. It really is. And you have Bewley's, and you have Brown Thomas, and you have Switzer's, and you have all the little cafes around the back of South William. Oh, where would you get it? Okay, Rhoda, enjoy enjoy your weekend, and thanks for making that point. That's Rhoda Draper of Dublin. Five one double five one. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. One for all, all for one. David Greedy, good afternoon. David. Hello, Joe. How, where's how your, are you? Good. Where's, where's your shop? We have Tempo Antiques in Galway. Oh, brilliant. Okay. And you, no. you you sell gift cards. However, you are, well, hopefully you're not unique. Go ahead. Well, we aren't unique. We, when we sell a gift card, we don't have any expiry on it. Great. And Great. you'll find that an awful lot of smaller retailers will be the same. Well and done. As, as your aunt well called done. Rona alluded to, Rhoda, yeah. she was saying she was saying how a shop uh, had accepted our cards that were in old money. Yeah, yeah. We ha- we had that during during the year as well, where a card came in in punts and we get the euro equivalent. Well done, well done. But what you'll also find with the smaller local businesses is if you go in with a card that is out of date. If you go in and talk to them, an awful lot of them will accept them because course, yeah. they've had your money for for yeah. a number of years yeah. and they've had the use of your money. Okay. And how's the antique business? I thought it was a thing of the past, David. It's still doing well, is it? Oh, there are still a few of us around. But no, oh, it's, what, it's, oh, it's, still, it's still an interesting business. Oh, fascinating. 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 Okay, do you, by the way, do you accept? Do you accept one for all cards? We do. Now... As as you've been discussing, the retailer will pay up to ten percent on yeah. as a commission on the card. But if a customer comes in using American Express, okay. it could be four percent. If yeah. they come in using a Visa credit, it's two and a half percent. So one for so, all or ten percent. Yeah, so it's f- just they're, they're they're going on the amount of business that they get. But a Visa card, Visa obviously have far more more business going, yeah. so they'd have a lower percentage. Yeah, but still, 10%'s a lot, given, like, the business was sold for over 100 million a couple of years ago. It's a a very profitable business, which is is fair enough, which is fair. Everyone is, that's the the, the reason the world keeps turning around. Okay, David Greedy of Tempo Antiques. They give, rightly so, endless gift cards. In other words, they, they, they agree with what Sheila is going to tell me now. Go ahead, Sheila. Joe. Yes. We have beautiful... Uh, pieces of paper, beautifully right. designed, okay. crisp, reusable, yeah. uh, sustainable, yeah. can be used anywhere, anytime, okay. and it's called <laughs> cash. I can't tell you. I, I can't tell you the last time I handled handled a bank uh, a, a, a note. Given that everything is now tap tap tap. Right. Well, there are other ways of transferring cash as well. Yeah. I can't understand. I yeah. mean, I got I get vouchers myself now and again. Half the time I lose them, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But well, that's a lot of people. That's why, anyway, that's why they're so lucrative for exactly voucher but companies. Why don't people give one another the cash? Yeah, it's the very same thing. People say, "Oh, I can't be seen to be giving someone cash." Of course, you, you give them vouchers. That's the same thing, and they're restricted by time. They're mm-hmm. restricted by location. Now, mm-hmm. having said, just listening to that last man, that's a better option, actually, getting a voucher for a particular shop, yeah. particularly if it's a local shop. That makes a bit of sense, all right. Mm-hmm. But these other vouchers, I don't know. Did you, have you, did you get any vouchers at Christmas? I did. And I went, rushed up to Peter Marks this morning and <laughs> cashed in every hate of it. And was it was it was it my lovely hairdresser my lovely hairdresser Nicola said to me why don't you keep some of it for your next hairdo I said no that's it I'm spending it all this minute two hundred and fifty of it wow I know I know uh, getting uh, women's hair done is expensive but what did you get done for the two fifty no I I got I got my hair coloured yeah great 
Which is, uh, to your you know, own, to your own specific colour that you to my own specific yes, specification. Yes, yes, and I then got a whole lot of dare I say it, Kerastasi products, which I really like. Yeah, products, right? Yeah, you bought products. Yeah. yeah, products, and I can also give the products as presents to people. Oh, well done! So you, so you decided you were going to beat the living daylights out of that voucher. Exactly. So there was nothing left of it. Absolutely, and I'm now doing that with any vouchers I get. I. The out the door the minute I get them. I don't want them at all, actually. I tell people I don't want vouchers. Just put the money into charity or something. But okay. the minute I get them, they're gone. Because I really think that, you know, it's a bit of a card, the whole thing. Okay, what are you... Between, which Peter Marks? Were you in Dublin City or Cork? or which I was up in Northside. Northside, OK. And how did you manage during the pandemic? How do you mean? How did I manage? Uh, what, oh. what, you, getting in and out? Did you? Was it senior oh, relatives? Oh, I was cocooned or? for the first. I oh, was cocooned for wow. the first while. We're over seven. And what are you looking? Going. What are you looking forward to most now that it's over? Well, the oh, restrictions are over. Just not having to think. Just yeah. being able to go out and not having to think about where I'm going. Or, and is there anything you started doing during the pandemic that you will continue to do, even though you don't have to? Um, like wearing masks or. Oh, we're wearing masks. That, that's the awful part of the pandemic, unfortunately. That's not going to go. <laughs> You'll stick with that. Oh, I, and I hate it. No, I don't like it. Okay. But it's the least, it's the least, my least favourite part of the pandemic. I can't think of anything that I do during the pandemic. Well, when, when will you be fun. back in Copperface Jacks, Sheila? Well, I don't know now. Yeah. When do they open? I, say, when I, they think, open up? I think tomorrow. <laughs> meet you up there, Joe. <laughs> yeah, and Ro- we'll ask Rhoda to come with us and we'll, we'll, exactly. we'll play, we'll play, one of, someone said play this song. Did you hear Rhoda talking about I rambling did, around I Dublin? did, I did. I said I was bringing the, the level of the conversation down. This is this is what she'd be singing tomorrow morning. I've been north and I've been south and I've been east and west. <laughs> I've been just a rolling stone. stone. Do you know who that is, Sheila? Yet there's one is it, is it um, oh, what's his name? Always liked the best. Oh, God. The Dubliner. What's it? Not Dubliner, but him. Oh, gee, I can't remember his name, Joe. No, the great Noel Corson. Noel Corson, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was born at the top of Grafton Street. Was he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. great yeah, he was lovely. No need to hurry. But anyway, we'll all be able to get out, and at least, you know, it's just, it's just, I felt, honestly, Joe, it's... I felt like I felt at the Good Friday Agreement. Magic in the air. Sorry, go ahead, Sheila. We're talking there. You were. What were you saying? I I felt that this is. I felt like I felt at the Good Friday Agreement. Just this wonderful feeling of, you know. It's, Isn't this great? It's like the sensation you got on the, the in 1998 when they signed yes. the Good Friday Agreement. Yes. Isn't that an incredible description? A, a, a freedom. Yeah. And not just much a freedom, but just a, a, a way, end to yeah, yeah, an awful time. A massive exhalation, a massive yes. uh, a, a breathing exercise where you just, your shoulders yeah. went down and you yeah. said... <gasps> Thanks that's great. Thank God. Or God. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah, God yeah. that's over. Mm-hmm. That's and I over. noticed this morning, yeah. every everyone on the radio, their voice was happy. Yeah. You know, they just everybody just sounded so so upbeat, happy, yeah. really. Yeah. 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 Upbeat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, anyway. we okay. Take it easy, Sheila. Anyway, cash, gonna, gonna, cash, 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 cash guys from the central bank. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Sean, uh, Helen Litton has contacted us. Helen is a grandniece of Thomas Clark. Helen, good afternoon. Hello, Tom. How are you? Did you know that um, that the, the the family grave... Now, Kathleen is buried in Dean's Grange, isn't she? Was she, she is, yes. She was a formidable politician in her own right. Um, uh, Tom's Tom's wife, Tom's widow, then, I guess. Um, but the, the other members of the family are in an unmarked grave in Glasnevin because would you have known that, Helen? I hadn't known that, but I was contacted by this chap, Andrew, a while oh, back. Oh, brilliant. And um, I got on then to people I know in the National Graves Association, oh, and yeah. I believe they're taking an interest in that. Okay, and would, yeah. you, would you be the person that would give permission, so to speak? Oh, no, I'm, I mean, I'm just Kathleen's great-niece. Uh, there are descendants of the Clark family, but they live in England and they, they don't get involved in anything happening here. Okay. But I don't think permission needs to be granted as such. Okay. But you you don't think they would object? Can I? Oh Lord, no! Why would okay. why would they object? Exactly. I mean, okay. We don't know why the, these graves were not marked at the time. It's Tom's mother, 
and his brother and his sister. OK, and you were a historian yourself, Alan. Yes, yes. I didn't recognise right. the, the L-I-T-T-O-N-M. And you've written a book about your granduncle. Uh, I did. I did t- two of the volumes in the O'Brien Press series, oh, Sixteen a, Lives, back a, in 2016. So that was a great I, series. I did biography of Tom Clark and a biography of Ned Daly, my great uncle, who was his brother-in-law. Wow. And and Helen, would you? I, I suspect you're too young. Would would you have <laughs> had any? Would you have known Kathleen Clark or ever? And when did Kathleen died? The sixties was it? No, she. This year is the fiftieth anniversary of her death. Okay. She died in nineteen seventy-two, okay. age ninety-two. Well, you wouldn't have and, known her, so. Well, I would have known. I mean, she used to come and visit my mum, and uh, but I would last have seen her when I was about fourteen. But in the six mid sixties, she went over to live in Liverpool yeah. with her youngest son. And do you remember meeting Kathleen? Was she as formidable as she was well, yes, on the but, national uh, scene? <laughs> But I was a teenager and she was an elderly woman. Yeah, you yeah. know, I wasn't paying attention much when I think of what I could have asked her. But anyway, uh-huh. but uh, no, I do remember her. I do remember her. Okay, so the grave, the grave, there's movement coming on the, the, to mark that grave of the Clark family. I do hope so because yeah. it's 100 years ago this year since Tom's mother died. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Helen, so much. And are you working, are you writing? I know you're working generally, but are you writing at the minute? Well, I'm, I'm doing an M lit on Kathleen Clark, in fact. Oh, in well done. So uh, I'm hoping and more will come from that. And where's Kathleen's papers or archive, Helen? They're in the National Library. Oh, uh, when, when the youngest son died in Liverpool, the family sold the archive off. But fortunately, the National Library managed to acquire most of it. So Tom and Kathleen Clark papers are both in the National oh, Library. That's great. Just stay with us, Helen, for a sec, because Councillor mm-hmm. Paddy O'Rourke wants to give us some information about a community centre dedicated to Tom Clark. Go ahead, Paddy. Good afternoon, Joe, yeah. and you will forgive me if I be a little brief because we're enduring a family bereavement, but I just, oh thought, God, I'm sorry to hear I just thought it was important that this, for the record, yes, in 1966, the then committee who were building an extension to the community centre dedicated to Tom Clark, they're known as the Tom Clark Rooms, there's where, a bust of Tom Clark. And what, what, town, the, what town or village? In a place called Carrigan and County Leitrim, not very far from where I met you once upon a time. Oh, good mm. stuff. Carrigan, beautiful Carrigan. Absolutely. Near, near Drumshambo. There's one known yeah. living relative of Tom Clark's in the parish. Oh, is there? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Because who of Tom Clark's family was born there in Carrigan? Tom Clark's father was born ah. in the townland of Eru, outside Carrigan. And, oh, and as well I done. said, he made the journey to Belize, where he enlisted in the British Army, was okay. posted to South Africa, and then, as a result of ill health, was moved back to Dungannon to be a, a station sergeant. And mm. Tom Clark grew up in Dungannon. He took part in amateur dramatics. He took part in GA. Mm. And that's why their local club in Dungannon is called the Tom Clarks. Oh, well done. Well, I, I mentioned that earlier. Yeah, that's that's great little piece of of uh, history, Councillor uh, Paddy Rook. I'm sorry that you're in, in, the, in the in the middle of a bereavement. So condolences yes. there, Paddy. Uh, thanks indeed, an historian and relative of Tom Clark, Helen Litton. Uh, thank you uh, for contacting us. That that seems to have resolved or set that whole thing in train now that the grave uh, would be marked uh, back on Monday at one forty-five. Shanna Gorman produced. Lisa Marie Berry is. Is the uh, PIC, the producer in charge. Elaine Condon is the BCO. And Ray Darcy's next. Live line on RTE Radio 1 with Kia. Discover our 2 to 1 offers at your local Kia dealer. For more, log on to kia.com. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.